0: Hello. Well, how's it going, Ben?
1: What's up, Rob? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm doing well. I finally got some good sleep. I think I slept like, I don't know, eight eight or nine hours, which I needed badly. So I feel good. I'm the opposite. I
0: literally slept for three hours last night. I'm probably going to take a nap after we're done with this show. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, that's the opposite of I me. Mean, I needed it, though. I, I, I wasn't sleeping well the last few days.
0: Yeah, I was working on stuff, though, so, like, it wasn't It wasn't like I was just, like, watching television or something.
1: Mm. How, did you uh, watch the football game last night?
0: I did not. I uh, looked at the fact that everybody was going to be at home watching the big game and took that Apple opportunity and went to the gym for an hour and a half because nobody was there. I have a terrible cramp in my foot now. I don't know if I fucked something up. And then I got a bunch of barbecue <laughs> ribs, came home and ate and then went on with my night. Uh how was the game? I didn't I mean, I've talked to literally 30 people about it already and
1: they've all given me
0: basically the same answer. So I'd love to know your take though.
1: Uh so I was making pizza for my roommates for our mini Super Bowl wannabe party and I missed passively like in and out the first you know 30 40 of it so like probably into the second quarter i missed a lot of it i would watch stuff here and there but it was a uh, it was pretty uneventful to be honest i thought this, the halftime was pretty creative and kind of cool actually but um, oh you
0: actually so you liked the weekend because everybody i've talked to was like eh, it was not good
1: i thought it was fine i mean i don't know what would that be awesome. bad about it like well i don't know what what makes it what constitutes bad was you know he sounded fine music is fine i mean it's not my type of music that i like to listen to often but as far as their performance and the creativeness of it i thought it was actually one of the more creative performances i've ever seen because they didn't do your traditional stage in the middle with the crowd around it which is always can't you know campy corny tacky and kind of just lacks creativity where this one because of covid and the nature of it, and the lack of funding for it, I believe they had to do a lot of creative stuff and and try something new. So that's my take on it. But, yeah, the game was uneventful as far as uh, the back and forth. Kind of a blowout. Uh, I I don't even know if Mahomes scored a touchdown. I don't think he did. Are you a
2: Brady fan?
1: What are your thoughts on Tom Brady? I mean, I think he's a phenomenal quarterback, probably the best to ever play. Um, you don't win seven championships and go to 10 Super Bowls unless you are that. His stats are unbelievable for his age and the duration he's been playing for. Uh, he's kind of wild in the playoffs. And he, no matter what his record is throughout the regular season, his postseason always a couple levels higher in uh, his ability. At least that's what I've noticed. I kind of follow numbers and I don't follow pop culture, hysteria, and or biases that are warranted so i just go based on stats
0: that's why you were the best person for me to ask because you seem to be more of a tom brady appreciator than a fan per se does that make sense kind of the same boat that i'm in like is is he very 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 talented yes is he sometimes slightly overrated
1: also yes (laughs) i mean he just won his seventh last night at 43 so overrated by what standard i don't know you know because like i hear people say that and i just go i just have you done that before have you seen anybody do that before then i guess <laughs> he's perfectly rated quite rated, <laughs> quite perfectly rated but quite, quite you know perfectly. it's hard you don't want to say you don't want to say about the michael jordans and the tiger woods and the lewis hamiltons the people who just can't they're in this own place and, and people don't really keep up with it um yeah there's great quarterbacks out there and, and other great players but what he did is kind of a freak thing like nobody does that no one retire or not retires but goes to a new team at that age and just brings them right back to the super bowl when they're not really a team that's known for doing that I don't know. it's just kind of crazy again i missed a lot of it i watched the whole second half um yeah the four touchdowns you know against a team that had a way better record Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal quarterback so much more time he has to to get a lot more Super Bowls you know but to just kind of they kind of did they did a number on him I don't know it was it was weird there's a lot of things a lot of factors obviously you got to take into consideration the officiating you know the referees and the plays there's so many things but hey the game's the game and they they try to make it as fair as possible what are you gonna do
0: Hey, I hear you. I just say he's overrated because people talk talk about him like he's literally
1: God, and it's like he's you know he <laughs> a think human being. God, I just go by the numbers. I go by the numbers exactly. They, they keep great stats in the sports these days. They literally keep track of everything, and his numbers are really unbelievable, especially for his age. You know, especially for his age. I mean, he destroyed. A quarterback, well, he didn't sing like but his team did so well against someone who's, what, 18 years younger than him, like a whole adult life. It's crazy. I'm uh, over a generation apart and still played that way. But, you know, Mahomes is phenomenal. It's you can't, I don't. I'm not the biggest sports fan. I just base it off of, you know, again, the numbers. So that's all I see. But anyway, on the movies.
0: I'm, well, we got a few messages to play first before we get into things. So okay.
2: Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Just saw that you guys were on. one wanted to pop by and say hi. I'll be here listening.
0: Well, hello there. Good to have you. Happy to have you here.
2: That game was a freaking joke. I'm sorry. As much as the Chiefs, like, played their asses off, man, they just got killed. It was slightly embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe Tampa just squashed us like... Freaking bugs, <laughs> but they worked hard. <laughs> but Mahomes got hit pretty damn hard a few times.
1: Exactly, that is true. See?
0: Exactly. <laughs> that is true, exactly. All right, so we're just gonna get right into it. Um, we, me and Ben, have known each other for a while, and we used to do a pretty almost a weekly podcast, I guess you could say. Uh, then we took a break because of COVID. Cause there were no new movies coming out and me and Ben have seen each other one time in person in the last year, but that'll change next week. Cause I believe next Monday I'm coming to your house. Cause you're going to interview me for your show. Correct. That's correct. So right. That is correct. So yes, <laughs> we'll have to figure out when we're going to do this next week. Uh, Cause this time slot will be consumed by something else. That being said, I've always wanted to have this conversation. So me and Ben have always kind of been this yin yang kind of thing we have a lot in common but then at the same time like there's certain things that i like i'm a little more mainstream ben's a little more you know into the art stuff um that's probably terrible phrasing but it is what it is (laughs) so it had crossed my mind quite a long time ago i was like you know we should just talk about uh tony scott and ridley scott as directors because it couldn't be more of an interesting conversation Because they are similar in some ways with their filmmaking, yet very different at the same time. And I'm looking at the lists on IMDb, and these are all movies that I know both of us love. So it's more, it's not necessarily who's better, because art is very subjective. But I think it would just be fun to kind of go through some of these movies and talk about our favorite ones. Because I'm looking at these lists, and I'm going... Man, I want to rewatch all of these movies. And Tony Scott severely underrated as a director. He's made some great films. Made, yeah, you know, because he's he's passed on. But uh, is there anything you'd like to say to start off the show, there, Ben?
1: Um, first of all, I want to thank was it French Toasty for sending us messages. I don't know who French Toasty is, but that's a fun name. So thanks for doing that. And. Uh, yeah, on to your point, it's pretty rare that two people within the same family, let alone brothers or siblings, end up being quite uh, profound directors for different reasons or, or doing a, at least big game, big time movies for different reasons, you know. So, yes. yeah, qu- quite fascinating. The, the movies they made Uh very different movies, but a lot of classics amongst them, like a lot. It's pretty rare, you know. So
0: I'm looking I'm looking at Ridley Scott. Have you ever seen The Duelists from 1977 that was his directorial debut? I have not. Does that sound familiar. Okay, I mean so why? So we'll start we'll start right off the gate. We'll start with Alien. That was the second movie. I mean fucking groundbreaking, right? At two, you know, this movie's 1979 is so 41 years old, or 42 years old, whatever at this point and it's like that film is still one of the gold standards in both science fiction and horror in terms of what it was able to do. And, you know, aliens is also a great film on its own directed by James Cameron. But what's great about alien is it used tropes that had gone on prior in film, especially with suspense and horror movies, but they just blew it up and they put it in space. And that was the first real time, you know it's an r rated movie it is you know somewhat gory to a certain extent and as far as i'm concerned it, it really it really changed the game moving forward with what you could do with those types of films your thoughts ben ben you there oh we he's reconnecting i want to play a message in the meantime Hey guys, Brady's the best ever. Uh, yeah. All right. Did you? Uh, you broke up there for a second, Ben. Did you? My bad.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, you're back. He's back. Guess who's back? Back again.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that was Max. If I, if I
0: yeah, had to guess. I know. I know exactly who that was sitting there. Yeah, Brady is the best. Um, did you catch what I was saying about Alien? Yes, I did. And, and um, what are your
1: thoughts on it? i agree i i bought it on 4k blu-ray recently and watched it and it's it's amazing i mean i've seen it you know three four or five times in over my life and kind of like a lot of movies from the late 60s to the early 70s starting with things like 2001 a space odyssey where practical effects
0: Oh, he's reconnecting again. I don't know what's going on. I want to play another message.
2: I feel like Ridley Scott, Um, he really took like a dark turn in his movies, like all about the action and a little bit of horror, the sci-fi. Like, I might not be the biggest fan, but I do appreciate some of his movies. They're very well done. Um, As far as Tony Scott goes, like... I think I, I prefer his movies over Ridley just because uh, Top Gun is probably one of my favorite movies that he did. Um, and a couple other ones as well.
0: I know, and I cannot wait to get into all the awesome Tony Scott movies that most people probably have no idea that he even directed. Uh, you broke up there again, Ben. That's why I was playing the message.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I am not like back. breaking up. Okay, yeah. I don't even know where I was last when you heard me. So
0: you were you're talking about Alien,
1: how how you know great Alien is? Yeah, I'm just saying like it came out at a time when film quality finally got to a better standard. Sound quality still getting there. I don't think sound quality movies got really good until the last twenty years, to be honest. Um, but it started getting much better. But then you couple that with the great set design and the practical effects, you know, this is very much pre CGI, but the practical effects are top notch and it's stuff that the information that was probably gained from movies like um, Jaws and star Wars and uh, you know, 2001 a space odyssey, other films that had really great practical effects. Obviously, Ridley Scott was able to to learn and take from that, but the way he did it with the suspense, you know, keeping the, the actual, you know entity that is alien kind of out of sight but in mind the whole time added to a type of suspense that was never really done before and also the lead role you know being a female character but so strong and so different from like what most people were thinking when you think of you know a scientist who's an astronaut who's going out in space and dealing with an alien you don't you don't think of of women not that you shouldn't but that Back then that's not what people were thinking of So it was a kind of groundbreaking In that regard in a good way So that's my thought on Alien it was. I think it's a great movie Uh so we're just I'm just gonna move right On into Blade Runner I mean Sure
0: so there's there's literally like 4,000 cuts of that Fucking movie and I've seen <laughs> the original cut I thought I <laughs> I saw the original cut on VHS when I was like I don't know 14 maybe 13 14 from my local Mm -hmm. video store and then i uh i've seen the final cut i think like three times because that came out on dvd when i was in high school Mm. so um yeah i really so it's for me it's a weird movie because like the first time i watched it i was like this is this is a goofy movie like i am I love harrison ford i love everything harrison ford does but i don't understand it and then when i watched the final cut i was like okay it's one of those movies for me it's like the third time i watched it is when like the light bulb went on and i understood mm. like how much of like a visual masterpiece it was does that make sense oh yeah have you have you seen yeah have you seen it before i was turning it over to you
1: oh you've seen blade runner yeah i was yeah i was turning the conversation over to you (laughs) yeah no i've seen blade runner plenty of times it's been a while since i haven't seen all the different versions i've seen i believe i i think i've just seen the versions that are on like the standard you know dvd blu-ray like the theatrical cut i don't know if i've seen the director's cut
0: sure yeah no it's definitely interesting um all right. Well, I mean, so I'm looking at the list. Do you have the list pulled up on uh, on your computer or anything? Yeah, I do. I have both Tony Scott and Ridley Scott's list pulled up. All right. Let's. Uh, is there anything any specific movies you want to cover under the Ridley Scott section? Because I'm looking at a couple that I think are fairly interesting.
1: Uh, well, I haven't seen I haven't seen uh, Thelma and Louise in a long time. Yes, and I totally. I didn't realize he did Hannibal. I knew he did Gladiator and Black Hawk Down and Matchstick Men, which is a really, I think it's an underrated Ridley Scott movie or not. At least Match not much. Matchstick Men is just one of the most underrated movies that I think has
0: ever existed. I own it <laughs> on DVD. I've probably seen it five times all the way through. It's Nicholas. It's yeah, one it's of the book. best Nicholas Cage
1: movies. It is. It is it definitely his type of acting style. Although I don't, think he's a, that the best actor in fact it kind of blows my mind the that he should he fits certain roles really well and he's done really well in certain roles but sometimes he's casted poorly and it's you know i don't think it's done him well good service but in mad stick man he was casted perfectly and he fits it very well along with sam rockwell and um back when sam rockwell, he was much younger not nearly as famous as he's now but yeah that's a good one i like that one
0: yeah, I'm I'm loving it. Kingdom of Heaven was fine. Um, American Gangster was a great film. I really liked that. And same with Body of Lies. But to be honest with you, um, The Martian was great. All the Money in the World, I still haven't seen, full disclosure. That being said, I'm looking at this list. G.I. Jane was great. Hannibal, yeah, I mean, he directed the, the s- sequel to Silence of the Lambs. But those are those are the the standouts to me. You've got Alien, Blade Runner, Thelma and Louise, Gladiator, Matchstick Men, American Gangster, and The Martian. Those are and, and Body of Lies. I guess are there? I mean, what what would your? I guess what what are your thoughts? Are there any ones that stick out to you that are like, man, that's that's one of my you know one of my favorites of his?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of his movies were meant to be a lot more profound or, or bigger than they were, but I think a lot of them missed. Like, I heard... I never saw The Counselor. The casting looked awesome, but I heard it was just not good at all. And like, Yeah, it's I not know, a right. good movie. It's but not I mean, a good Fastbender, Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, Javier Bardem, Brad Pitt. I mean, that sounds like it could be quite decent, you know? Right. And then, then well, I, it's just... you know, not
0: P <laughs> So... Well, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, could you imagine being in the pitch meeting, you know, Ridley Scott directing a Robin Hood film? Like, oh, this is going to be epic. And it was terrible. You know, it's a piece of garbage. Yeah, I never
1: saw that one either.
0: It's not good. Same with Exodus, hard, Gods
1: and Kings. I have a hard time with a lot of the let's redo this movie. Let's pick a large topic. Let's pick a famous this, a popular that. I I can't really get behind it. You know, I know, it starts to bother me. Just like, oh, let's remake Robin Hood again. Let's do another. Let's do this movie called Noah. Let's do another rendition of this type of movie. It's like, okay, it's you're, you're grasping at straws like Exodus, Gods and Kings. Like that sounds like a terrible idea. Alien Covenant. Well, not only Permithia, that, but it's it's you know, a bunch
0: of white dudes that are playing these biblical characters. Like, have we not, have we not learned anything, you know, <laughs> over the yeah. years? Yeah
1: yeah you should get uh no ahead. no i'm saying like i don't know why hollywood doesn't understand that you should get um people from the right region the right language the right ethnicity culture heritage you know kind of it's not impossible in fact there's more money in reach now than ever that you actually could do those things but instead they just again yeah get just white dudes (laughs) with beards and call them Call it, call it like they're from uh, the Middle East, even though it's not the way uh, it works or how we look from that those regions. So it's kind of goofy.
0: Do you remember that movie that came out a few years ago with Matt Damon called The Great Wall?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't even want to talk about
0: it. I mean, I haven't seen the movie <laughs> full disclosure. so bad. But that's, I mean, that's exactly what we're talking. It's like, I, and that movie came out, I want to say just like four or five years ago. It's like 2016 yeah, maybe? It
1: wasn't that long. It was even less. I think it was like three years ago. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, seriously, what the fuck? Have they not learned anything? Like, <laughs> I know. Hey, Matt know. Damon, we're going to
1: put Matt Damon in this movie because it'll make money. It's it's pathetic. It's stupid. It's I don't terrible. even get those movies at a time of day. There's no point. Hey, they make money, though. I'll tell you
0: what. He
2: definitely has hits and misses Wrigley Scott. He he definitely has hits and misses. you. I completely
0: agree, and Ben made a great point earlier. You know, I mean, Alien and Blade Runner, Gladiator, those three movies alone are well and Thelma and Louise.
1: Oh, Black or very is a good War movie, too. That's right, a good right.
0: representation of war, yeah. I mean, they're just, you know, but definitely Alien, Blade Runner, Thelma and Thalman Louise, I would use the word iconic. There's definitely iconic scenes, iconic themes. Um, they're very Famous movies, I guess you, I guess you could say, and I, I would, I would throw in Black Hawk Down.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I know the Martian. Mean, some... The Martian was decent, and that did really. The well.
0: Martian was decent. Yeah, it was decent, but going over to the fact that there are so many misses in his catalog, and the few, you know, you figure a director like that, he would have more iconic films because usually you'll get you know, like a, a half a dozen or so of them is at least in my opinion, from, you know, all the great directors that we've had. Uh But it's, it's interesting. And I think he just does, I think Ridley Scott is in the Ridley Scott business and he does what he wants to do, which is fine. 100%. But I think that's also why, you know, you just see him make movies, you know, here and there. And they're not like, I don't want to compare him to like Christopher Nolan, but Christopher Nolan, James Cameron, Scorsese, even, they get very involved in these projects. And like that, that's, you know, their movies are staggered out over time because they get so involved in these movies that they're making and they make them for a reason. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I consider them artists and directors. Sure. Sure. 100%. The, the ones that, their name is attached to directing, to producing, most likely executive producer, and to writing it. So when you when you write a story, so you create the world, you have control over everything that is happening within it, you produce it so you have all the control and, and the know-how and the wherewithal of the production, the set, the design, who's getting hired, who's not. You're controlling all that, the finances of it. And then you're directing it. You're putting together... What you already know from everything, what that comes with being an executive producer, and the whole creative story of it—the characters, the ideas, the concepts, the the overall arc of it—and then you get to put it together by directing it. Yeah, that's why you get a movie that is like that's a Christopher Nolan movie, that's a Wes Anderson movie, that's a Quentin Tarantino movie, that's a Steven Spielberg movie. Like you know when you know, and when you when it comes to Ridley Scott, I feel like sometimes because he might not always have his hand on all that, he definitely has a lot more of the producing and uh, directing credits. But when you miss that writing credit or screenplay credit, which he doesn't always have, that's where you don't really necessarily get your movie. Like it's considered a, a so-and-so movie. You don't have that little touch on it, that sprinkle of like, oh yeah, that's a so-and-so movie. It's because he's, he's always got missing that one part. You know, he doesn't always have his finger on every part of it. And You can just tell. You can just tell that happens. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just what makes the difference between the directors you were saying before and the director like him. It happens with musicians. When there's a musician who writes everything, performs everything, and produces them, you know. You're like, that's a so-and-so record. You just know. And it happens with directors and it happens with musicians, you know?
0: 100%. We've got a few messages to play real quick.
2: I mean, Avatar, too, even though that's not my favorite movie, but Avatar was... I wouldn't say it. For me, not iconic, but I know for some people that's, like, the greatest movie that ever movied.
0: Um, you know, once again, me and Ben have argued this plenty of times. Do I think Avatar, directed by James Cameron from 2009, was a groundbreaking movie visually and you know, aesthetically with how to, how to make a film. Yes. Do I think they just pretty much ripped off Fern Gully and Pocahontas? And yeah, the story wasn't great. And I really, the acting was fine, but I understand why the film is important. I don't think it's a masterpiece though, by any means. And I know Ben disagrees with me, so I'm going to turn it over to you. (laughs) I
1: don't disagree with you. (laughs)
0: Well, I know, but every, I, I mean, in the before world, every other week it was like, "Can you believe what they're doing with this next Avatar movie?" And I'm like, "I know, man. I know."
1: <laughs> Listen, I so I agree with you. I think that it's a bit um, overplayed, it's overthought, it's not as a uh, great of a movie like where you can cross every box, dot all your eyes, cross all your t's. You know. It like like I agree with you. It has the acting is fine, the story is definitely been done before. It's totally taking again from the movies you said. I know you say fungali kind of jokingly because it's a cartoon movie, but you're but you're also serious because it really is taken from the yes. movie Ferngully. <laughs> like I've seen that movie a po- lot. And Pocahontas. TV. And Pocahontas, yes. So, but that's what most stories do. It's extremely rare. You get an original story idea. And when you do, it can be a huge miss or it could be a huge hit because it resonates with people in different ways. Like you get that with Tenet. Tenet, it's 50-50. I know people who have praised it. I know people who hate it. Um, But you can't deny it. it is an original idea. I have never seen or heard of a movie that was like that ever, period. So that means something. It has some validity because of that. There's an attempt to try something original and have authenticity in it. You gotta respect it at least. With with Avatar, definitely a story ripped off from a million different things, of course. But the technology used, the way it was it looked, especially for twelve years ago, how it was designed and how it was presented and the 3D and all the colors and everything that comes along with it, that was groundbreaking. The techno- the technological achievement is worth why people still talk about it, why it got two point seven eight billion dollars. Um, because it visually and sonically was groundbreaking. Now the next ones are probably gonna be even more so in that world. Will they lack in story? Possibly. Will they lack in character buildup and arc? Possibly. But will they blow your mind visually and sonically? I guarantee it. Sober or not sober, you will have your mind blown by these movies. Cause I I've looked a lot into them and what's going into them and they're going to be Off the charts as far as new technologies being used new production ideas being used new visuals being used new camera styles so yeah it's there's a lot to a movie it's not as simple as um you know do i like it do i not like it that's that's too easy there's a lot more to it. you got to think about a lot of factors you know when did it come out who was involved how big was the budget what were they doing to compensate for x y and z you know that's all it's the same thing again i always go back to music. Same thing happens, you know, with music. When you hear a record that feels timeless, it sounds timeless, it came out 40 years ago and it sounds like it can come out today, that that means a lot. That's important. There's a reason why I'm still listening to it. There's a reason why it's still on a Spotify playlist, you know?
0: Exactly. I couldn't agree more. We got another message to play?
2: My bad. That was James Cameron that did, uh, sorry. I just remembered. That's James Cameron that did, uh, that did a uh, fucking movie. I just said it avatar i actually hate that movie but i know some people love it my bad no
0: it's all good we go we go all over the place on this show that's one of the best parts about it is you start you know these conversations are sometimes just a little bit of a jumping off point and then we take it from there and kind of put our own spin on things so moving over to tony scott i'm drooling at the mouth looking at the you know we lost him in 2012 and he didn't make a lot of movies but i'm looking at this list and though i wouldn't say critically acclaimed i wouldn't say oscar winning but these movies were played on TNT and TBS the two cable two cable stations that i had growing up almost every weekend and then i remember when i like Man on Fire and Domino and Deja Vu and the remake of Taking a Pelham One Two Three, Unstoppable. I mean, his work with fucking Denzel Washington alone is noteworthy.
1: Yeah. No, I what are these, your? I mean, these are... yeah. Go ahead. No, these are very you know popular movies. Again, popular doesn't necessarily always mean great. It just means popular money was put behind its production promotion commercials advertising you know the actors had more time and money to be put on to shows like good morning america and oprah to promote stuff whereas you know the more independent movies don't necessarily get that or movies that came out longer ago like alien or blade runner that wasn't part of the circuit yet of getting people involved to promote um so i'd say like yeah you got movies like top gun it's classic beverly hills cop 2 uh, Days of Thunder, True Romance. I mean, True Romance, I like a lot. but True Romance an enemy is an amazing of the state. film. Yeah, that's yes. a, that's amazing still. But, like, any of the States, well, Spy Game, Man on Fire, Domino, Deja Vu. Uh, yeah, these are all really big, classic movies in the sense of, like, their name and their watchability, playability. They're not right. boring. They're exciting. They're not dull. They're fast-paced. They, have, they go back and forth. They keep you enticed. Are they great cinematic experiences on the top tier echelon of crossing off writing, directing, production, editing, set design, makeup, hair, sound design? Eh, they're okay. I think they're entertaining. I think they're fun. Do they go across everything? No, not as much as the couple movies from Ridley Scott. I'd say Ridley Scott has like, you know, three three to six movies that can go across those things, that can kind of hit everything, it can be Oscar They're worth. iconic. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. And then I mean, Tony, Tony Ridley, or t- sorry, Tony Scott, has a lot of great movies that he, I'm sure he did very well from, especially from the the fact that they were played again, like you were saying, all the time on USA, TNT, you know, WGN, whatever weekend movies. Right. Were, these movies were always on. Enemy of the State, you could have watched at any moment. It was always on. Movies like Deja Vu, but like yeah, The Taking of Pelham uh, One Two Three the or uh, 123 however you want to say it that was such a classic movie from back in the day and the and the remake wasn't that bad um i watched that fine. recently it was fine yeah, it was like again original. like the rest of his movies
0: right i prefer the original because it's a great 70s film um at the very least just with everything that goes into it the remake was fine but you know domino I mean, that was like when Kieran Knightley had like come out of the gate swinging with like Pirates of the Caribbean and Love Actually, you know, same with Denzel. Denzel was in the top of his game in the early to mid 2000s as just like an action star. And I just rewatched Man on Fire maybe about a year and a half, two years ago. And it holds up. I mean, once again, is it the greatest film ever made? No, but it's very entertaining to watch and i think that speaks i mean that speaks volume for me is that it's a movie that's 15 years old that's still relevant it's still relevant and good enough to be able to rewatch. because you think about how many movies are made and you know they get at the time like oh this is a cool movie people should check it out and then five years go by and it it really is totally forgotten about you know and that happens all every year with films you know, movies that they think are going to hold up in five to ten years, and they just don't. But oh, yeah. he has somehow been able to pull off, or was able to pull off. So, I mean, Spy Game's entertaining. Enemy of the State's entertaining. They're all, you know, he really was. He was really good at like the action, suspense, political thriller.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, they're they're very entertaining movies. Don't get me wrong. I they're entertaining movies, but they're not. They're not like this groundbreaking thing that we've never experienced before i mean some of the movies he had i think didn't hit too well that should have gotten more praise or at least maybe could have been executed better like out of the furnace with that cast and that plot i mean he was a producer of it so he had his finger on it but like that movie again like you read it and you're like oh this is gonna be awesome like you know christian bale woody harrelson casey affleck forrest whitaker william defoe come on now, like, those are all top-notch, phenomenal actors, and it just kind of missed the boat. It just didn't, it just didn't hit right, and again, he didn't direct that, but he was a producer
0: on it. Right. It's so funny, because that came out the same year as The Counselor, and it's like, there's another movie, <laughs> you know, with a stacked cast, right? You watch the trailer, you're going, okay, I like the way this this looks, it looks like a good movie, and then you watch it, and it's, it's hollow on the inside.
1: Oh, yeah it's that's a great way to put it hollow on the inside. It's, it's hard to explain. You just kind of know when, you know, when you, when you watch it and everything kind of misses, you don't get much out of it. The plot doesn't line up. Well, you could just tell it, it happens in movies all the time. It happened in um, like a big movie, like suicide squad where it had a great cast. Honestly, like a great cast, like Margot Robbie's a great actor. Will Smith's a great actor. Jared Leto's fine. Like these people are fine. They're all decent. They're all good. Ben Affleck's done better roles, you know, but you put them together with a terrible writing, terrible directing, one of the worst writing I've ever, ever seen in a movie, just bad. And look what you get. Most people hated that movie from all backgrounds. People who are into comic book movies, people who don't even care about overlooking and and reading into cinema. They still were like, yeah, that movie sucked. It, It was boring. The plot didn't make any sense. Which it doesn't, um and you you can just tell when a movie's just missing, and I don't think I think tony I think Tony Scott Ridley Scott both made really, really awesome movies and then made a lot of really, really questionable ones, like a lot of them to the point where you're kind of like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about these directors overall,
0: right, no, I completely agree with that, and once again, that's why I wanted to have this conversation because you know. Once again, I would say the three biggest takeaways from Ridley would be Alien, Blade Runner, and Thelma and Louise, just because of the like icon status. But to your point, I mean, throw, throwing in Gladiator and Black Hawk Down to round out a top five definitely would, I you know, would definitely be for that. But with Tony Scott, I mean, Top Gun, maybe Beverly Hills Cop two, and True Romance. I would probably say are like the three most famous movies for multiple reasons but then i would throw in enemy of the state and maybe days of of
1: thunder is pretty popular
0: days of thunder to round out that five yeah days of thunder i would say days of thunder over i mean icon status over spy game or domino or any of that stuff yeah yeah for sure it's just it's interesting
1: Sorry, I was was going to say my favorite movie personally by him is True Romance.
0: Right. Right. And that's, you know, that's a film that I probably have not seen in five to ten years. But it holds up because I watched it. Oh, maybe seventh grade. And then I rewatched it like, I don't know with since since I got out of high school. And when I rewatched it, I was like, man. This really this is really an underrated movie that not everybody knows about. Like if you're into film, you probably have seen it. But for mainstream well, audiences, it's just not it's just not one of those big famous movies, but it's so good.
1: I think we know what made it really good. It was uh, written the, it was it was written by Quentin Tarantino.
0: Quentin Tarantino, exactly. Well, right.
1: He yeah. You know, music by Hans Zimmer, starring right. Christian Slater. Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher walking like great cast. Great and those cast. actors at that time were more on the, on the come up. They were not who they are now. Not saying that actors, once they get famous, stop trying, but I'll tell you what, when you're not famous and you're in more of an artsy film with an up and coming writer, director, Quentin Tarantino and your budget's not big. I think you're going to, you're going to pull out a lot more creative things, you know, out of, out of necessity, artists do a lot more, and they overcompensate when have when having to, you know. And that could lack a lot in big budget movies, big budget Hollywood things. You get a little sterile. But oh, 100- yeah, one hundred
0: percent. And you're right. I mean, I mean the- to, there's certain act- there's certain actors and actresses that they're artists in in the purest form of the word. So Christian Bale's always going to do. You know what I mean? Like he's always going to give it his all. Uh, whether the movie's great or not is a different story. But you're you're correct for the most part. Actors when they're young and hungry, they 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 give it everything, and then they you know they become famous, and sometimes they continue to give it everything at least for a while, and sometimes they don't, and they and it, they just kind of start phoning it in, and they just become that kind of. You know, they become a face, a face actor, like a movie star, like, oh, well, they're a name. We can get this person, pay them X amount of money, and then therefore our movie will make X amount of money, no matter if the movie's that great or not, you know, and that's something that's always driven me nuts, personally, but it is what
1: it is. Welcome to Hollywood Boys and Girls. It happens with a lot of art forms. It'll happen with TV shows. It'll happen with records, you know, record we'll have a bunch of people on and I have this producer and that person and that writer and this musician and all these people did this and those DJs and that, that record producer. And it ends up just being oversaturated too many moving parts, too much money, too many decisions, not enough connection between the artist and the craft. And it happens with movies and it's annoying. It's you can tell it's unfortunate. And you know, maybe it happened. These directors did so well, and did so many groundbreaking things in the 80s uh ridley scott the 70s 80s 90s you know but there's only like you do 30 40 years of something you're gonna have some melons you're gonna have some flops. you're gonna have some misses i mean even martin scorsese has movies that i'm indifferent about and he's made some amazing movies some of the best um but i do like i really do like the method That Christopher Nolan, Wes Anderson, uh, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino. Thomas Anderson, you know, what they've been doing where they take three, four, five years to make a movie. They have they write, produce, direct, have every say in and out of it. And you can tell and they hone it on it and they craft it and the movie's. I would say out of those four directors I named, there's obviously a lot more, but those are four big ones, at least relative to our age, like we're of the era of these directors. They really haven't made a movie I didn't like. I, say they had 10 movies each. I'd say guaranteed nine out of 10, I absolutely love. But most of them, I like all of them. They don't make movies I don't like. There's always something cool or creative or different or unique about them. Rather Whether or not the crowd likes it, or the box office reflects on it, which is never really a great indicator the movie's good. If a box office doesn't reflect on it, or Rotten Tomatoes doesn't, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes gave Joker a 69%, and the world gave Joker $1.1 $1. $1 billion. Uh, the most Award profitable nomination.
0: film ever made.
1: Yeah. Academy Award nominations, Academy Award wins. It's become a profound movie in pop culture. It was all over the place. But no, Rotten Tomatoes said sixty nine. So people wouldn't watch it based on that. And it's like, yeah, you can kinda use it as a barometer, but come on. Like make up your own mind. Watch a movie. See if you like it or not. Don't just use the audience or critic rating that someone else gave it. That's their opinion and it's the way they're basing it off their experiences and their knowledge, you know. And so you should probably make up your own mind about it. But, you know, with that being said, I don't want to sound um like I'm contradicting myself. Like I I haven't seen all of the tony scott and really scott movies i've seen a lot of them i've seen enough to definitely get an idea but it'd be nice to see more of them and kind of refresh myself you know
0: absolutely yeah. all right well we uh you know is you know I, the title of it was you know basically who is better and once again art is subjective so <laughs> there's really no you know who's better one or the other, they made different f- different films, and there's some in Column A, Column B that I like of both. So that kind of winds winds down our conversation here on the two Scott brothers, Tony and Ridley. Um, oh, we've got another message to play real quick.
3: Hey, I was just listening to you guys talk about um Tony and Riley Scott. Um, I've seen a couple of his movies. Um, the ones that I've seen that have like um. I guess low rotten tomatoes. I don't really see how, but I guess that's up to critics or whatnot. But um, I also wanted to know what y'all thought about um, Sam Levinson's recent movie, uh, Malcolm and Malcolm and Marie, and also what you think about Euphoria too. Like um, personally, I thought both the films, both the uh, the film and the TV show, was pretty good. Um, although I do think Zendaya does play the same character, but she fucking executed her role. Uh, I just wanted to know what y'all thought about it and what y'all think about Sam Livingston um, in a couple of his films too. Not to try to so, get y'all off topic.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. We can we can end with this. I've got it pulled up right now. I've not seen the film. Ben, have you seen the film? No, Malcolm not. and Marie. I have no. not, so I'm I'm uh putting that down on my list that I have. Literally, I'm backed up like 100 movies um, <laughs> to watch. Uh, but I'll definitely have to check that out. Thank you for putting that in there. Um, just in general, but uh, yeah, thank you. We're gonna, yeah, no, thank you very much. Definitely gonna have to check that movie out, and then if you uh, want to follow me over here on stereo we'll probably come back to it at some point once I watch the movie but um, anyway so we're going to wrap things up today Ben thank you for joining me again it's it's always a fucking pleasure with you it's a blast I, I, I'm i excited to see you in person here pretty soon that'll be yeah, fun I'm, socially I'm distanced our, of course yeah socially distanced of course during the uh, crazy time that is the COVID-19 pandemic that does not seem to go away no it does so. not but it is what okay. it is until then where can everybody find you at Ben
1: uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, DZ Records and you can find me on YouTube DZ Records or Bending Brains podcast and on Facebook DZ Records or Banning Brains podcast anywhere on the internet you typed it in DZ Records you'll find it, it'll pop up and uh, thank you for following sharing and following rob too and keep up with this show this is a really fun format i'm glad that we're doing it it's kind of cool i
0: love it yeah we'll definitely be working on some uh some more ideas here down the line until then mm-hmm. you can find me everywhere at rob fishback all over the internet spotify stereo facebook twitter the whole shebang and on instagram at rob underscore fishback hit that follow hit that like button and uh we'll see you guys next time Take it easy, Ben. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll talk to you
1: soon. All right. Take it easy, Rob. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.